0: Welcome to another episode of the Trinity United Church Legon podcast. And now for today's teaching. We give thanks to God for once again bringing us into his presence and also to the last Sunday in the year, first month. I'm very confident that the God who has seen us through to this day is able to keep us through to the end. Amen? One of the difficult tasks I have is to describe God. And I believe that the song of Moses and the Israelites and their encounter enabled them, I'm sure they composed the song there and then. And I pray that as we go through this teaching, the Lord will reveal himself to you and me and help us to know him better. Because it is only when we know him better that we will have our own understanding and description of him. Let us bow our heads and pray. Lord, we thank you. For bringing us together, and for some to join us online, Lord, to know you better. Words cannot describe you. But Lord, when we experience you as you are, only then will we be able to praise you as we ought. So Lord, speak to us. Open our eyes, O Lord, to behold wondrous things out of your law. That when we confess you, when we affirm our faith in you, it will be not because someone has told us, but because we ourselves have experienced you. So Lord, speak in the living echoes of your tomb. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. Beloved, for this month, we have been looking at this part of the Apostles and the Nicene Creed. And as we indicated, the emphasis is on the first person singular, I believe in. What this means is that there should be a personal experience. There should be an experiential knowledge that enables us to be able to say, I believe in. God Almighty. In our earlier discussions, we sought to show that God exists and proves his existence by himself, as well as the experience that people have when they encounter him. And I don't want you to forget that little poem my teacher and i'm sure i'm sure you also had it somewhere either in kg or class one who has seen the wind neither you nor i but when the trees are bending low the wind is passing by you don't need to see god filly filly. but when you see the trees when you see the things he has done they should help you to know that these things do not exist without anyone being the source. But that God has made himself known in his word. The way people encountered him is documented for us in the Bible, but that can also be added to by our own experience. When Saul encountered Jesus Christ, nobody needed to tell him to call him my Lord. He did that himself. We come to know also that this God we are talking about is the power standing behind the universe, adequate to produce the changes and the phenomena which we see today. He is that power that possesses intelligence and volition. He is a personal being who possesses in an infinite degree the attributes of intelligence, volition, and a moral character. We also looked at his works. And in our last discussions, we saw that God has made himself known. If only we would take time to look at nature. I gave ask some assignment. When you go, those of you who are married, I ask you to go and ab- ab- appreciate your wives and husbands. I'm sure you took time to observe their, how they look like and how you also look like, and the fact that you are different. To look at your siblings coming from the same womb, and yet sometimes you look different. Sometimes they will tell you you look like your grandfather, and yet it was not your grandfather who made your mother pregnant. That is the doing of the Lord. If it were to be a factory, all the vehicles coming out of that factory would be the same. But we are not coming out of a factory. Eve said, with the help of the Lord, I have conceived a child. And I'm sure our mothers will be able to tell us better what this really means. So in God's works, he affirms to us that we have every cause to say, I believe in God. One of the ways by which God affirms himself to us is through his attributes. And that's what we want to look at today. Milad J. Erickson has explained attributes as quotes, those qualities of God which constitute what He is. They are the very characteristics of His nature. They are qualities of the entire Godhead which are permanent and cannot be gained or lost. Sometimes scholars have tried to classify the attributes of God into the communicable attributes and the non-communicable attributes. Basically all that it means is that communicable means the attributes of God which, are, which make impacts. So God is loving. God is merciful. It cannot stay within itself. It must have an expression to somebody or to people. But when we say God is all-powerful, God is all-knowing, it describes his states and his character, and they are non-communicable. We find in Exodus chapter 15 that when the Lord had taken the Israelites through the sea of reeds. they themselves give expression to him. They said that the Lord is highly exalted. The Lord is the one who has held the horse and its rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength. And my son. He is my salvation and my God. These are Israelites who have seen the works of God and are ascribing unto him attributes. I like very much verse 7 and 8. Exodus 15, 7 and 8. It says, in the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury, it consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The flood stood up in a pile. The deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. God breathes out. Hmm. And the sea parts. That is our God. And the Israelites walk through, but the Egyptians are not able to walk through. That was coming as a result of an experience that these Israelites had had. So they add and say, Who among the gods? is like you o lord who among the gods majestic in holiness awesome in glory waking wonders my dear brothers and sisters in christ we can infer that one's experience of god indeed influences one's theology one's doctrine of God and philosophy of life. So when we affirm our belief in God using the creeds, we are in effect deepening our faith and allegiance to the Godhead. One of the attributes that we have mentioned in the creed is almighty. El Shaddai, God Almighty. The key rendering is Otunfo or Chidiampo. and uh, I saw that the Ebe says Nse Katato. The God say Ofe Okunyake. But I just want you to picture one person in Ghana called Otoomfo. And to see the way his people ascribe all the essence of power to him. In fact, if somebody does something to you and you swear by Otoomfo's Ntamkese, whether you are in Accra or wherever, you have to be taken to four. Now imagine that Otufo meeting another Otufo. Obiaya was a master because the Otufo we know his life and breath. Is in the hands of this or two we are talking about. And therefore, when we say God Almighty, this morning I was just reflecting whether there's a difference between mighty God and God Almighty. I want you to think about it. But when we say, I believe in God the Father, Almighty, Almighty. It means he is the embodiment of might. He's absolute when it comes to might. Sometimes some people have doubted him. And the dilemma they have is that if God at all times resembles a good father, if God is good, then he cannot be almighty in a world that contains so much evil. If he is almighty, then he cannot be good. Why does God sit down and watch people stealing? It means that they are doing it at the blind eye of God. So he cannot be almighty. But I just can imagine God manifesting his almighty attributes on us. He is God of wrath as well as the God of mercy. And he balances this attribute. So if God were to visit us with his wrath, I'm sure he will have some hot water sitting somewhere. When we misbehave, he just pours it on us. I'm sure by now we'll all be dead and gone. But he, even though he is a just God, he's also a merciful God. He is a holy God and yet he is gracious. And these are all attributes that form his embodiment. And he's able to balance them. That's why sometimes when things look as if God is absentee. He is not. It is because one aspect of him is holding him from doing what he should be doing. Sometimes he allows us to go our own way. And then when we get to our wit's end, we realize that our strength is not able. And God steps in. Beloved, these attributes of God, one of which we say in the creeds, is to remind us of the fact that all things that we find, all power that we find, he is the omnipotent God. The omnipotent He's got the whole world in his hands. When you read the Bible, you find very interesting occurrences, times when powers have exalted themselves, like Nebuchadnezzar, and God is able to cause them to become like beasts that eat grass. That is the God. ...who is almighty. But we also find that... ...there is some attribute of God... ...that is made manifest in the creed. God the Father. Even though of the Godhead... ...it brings to the fore... ...the first person of the Trinity... ...the essence of God the Father... ...is to make you and I know... ...that he is a relational God. A God who relates... Some of us sometimes have twisted this whole concept of God the Father because we did not have good fathers. But I want to assure you that don't look at your bad father, look at the other good fathers, like me. There are many, many other good fathers. And one bad father should not in any way negate our understanding of God as the father. He is both father and mother. So when we affirm that I believe in God the father, it's an attribute of God as a relational being. One we can relate. We don't call him God in abstract, but God we can relate with. So Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer to say, Our Father who art in heaven, our Father. We should call him Abba, Father. That is God. And then we also have known that he is the maker of heaven and earth both visible and invisible. That which we see with our eyes and that which we do not see with our eyes. Our God is in charge. I was sharing with some people that uh, when I completed six from those times of the, the coup, the hot part of 31st December. No, no, that was in the 79 one. When CISFORMERS and students were in power with the soldiers, we went to sell cassava. Those times food was very, we had a really severe famine season. And we went to sell a man's cassava. He asked us to go and uproot and sell. And he was one of the men people dreaded in our hometown. So he told us to arrange the cassava in a certain order and told us that. We should sell in line. And if people come and say, I want this particular one and they are jumping, we should not give it to them. When we had finished selling, we went to this man to give him his money. And he said, did you sell everything? We said, no. He said, did you realize that those uh, hips that people came pointing at and wanting, which you did not give them are still there? He said, yes. He says, then he told us that I have some butter, uh, some black powder. If you like, I'll give some to you for you to just taste and uh, you will see things. He says that if he gives us just a little to taste and it goes into our body, if you're not careful, we will not eat anything. Because when we are walking and we go to market, the oil that is there, we'll see it as the blood of people. The uh, those of you who like uh, he, he really destroyed my appetite. Said you will see the as the drops of children, uh, children's feces. And he said, even the yams, you see the yams as something else. He said something very funny. He said that the nothingness who plant the yam, there are some yams they don't sell, they eat themselves. And there are some yams they bring down. You see them big, they are full of nothing. So we said, we won't take it. My dear brothers, the essence of what I'm saying is that if God should open our eyes to see the world as it is, I'm not sure if we will want to exist on this earth. But that which is good for us, he opens our eyes to see. And the others have been concealed. And that's why the Bible says that Whenever we buy anything or we are going to eat anything, we should pray over it. So our God is the God of the visible and the invisible. If God should open our eyes to see how his angels encamp around us such that no weapon that is fashioned against us prospers, we will know that we have such a mighty God. And so beloved, when we affirm our faith in that statement, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. We are affirming a theology that must affect our philosophy of life. In Genesis chapter 17, verse 1, that is the first time we see God telling of himself. In 17:1, Abraham met God. God appeared to him. And God said, I am God Almighty. Therefore, what? walk before me and be blameless. So when you and I affirm that which God has said is his name and his attribute that I am God Almighty and I believe in God the Father Almighty, then the inference is that He is equally also asking you and I to walk before him and be blameless. My faith has found a resting place not in a form or creed. Yet the creeds help us to strengthen our faith, to concretize what we believe in, so that when people ask us the reason why we believe the way we do, we can say that we believe in God, the Father Almighty, because he has made himself known to us. It is my prayer that every Sunday when you and I say the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed, as we affirm these words, we will know at the end that we are affirming the existence of God. We are affirming God as a relational being, God the Father. We are affirming the attribute of God as almighty who has the whole world in his hands. And when you step out of this place, we should be able to go out in boldness, not fearing what is ahead of us, but trusting that even when we come to our wit's end, we believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heavens and earth. Finally, brethren, Intellectual knowledge is good. But when it is buttressed by experiential knowledge, then it is not because somebody has told you about God, but because you yourself can also affirm that I believe in God. May this be our portion that day by day, God will reveal himself to us. And that you and I will have eyes that are open and ears that are ever ready to see God in the things around us. To hear God in the things he said to us affirming what we have professed in faith that I believe And God, the Father, almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Let us bow our heads and pray. Our prayer must be, Lord, reveal yourself to me. I believe that would be the only way we will know him better. He will not hide himself because he's a relational being. If you have experienced God, tell Him, God, I want to see you better. I want to know you more. Satan has bled the world, He does not want us to see God the way we should. But let us ask the Lord to take away those things that blur our vision. in our eyes that we will see you and behold of your glory so that Lord when we are firm I believe in God the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth Lord this will be our testimony as witnesses of who you are. And, Lord, I pray that if there be any that does not have a relationship with you, just as you did for Saul, may you encounter us. Take the scales of our eyes and let us give our lives fully to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We are glad you joined us for today's episode. To engage with us some more, kindly search for Trinity United Church, Legon, on YouTube and Facebook, and give us a follow. You can also join us every Sunday on the premises of Trinity Theological Seminary, LAGON. Thank you.